Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Steadfast Sermon Series, which looks at some of the different areas in our lives where we are called to be steadfast. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. As we look tonight, I'm going to come to Isaiah chapter number 26. I want to give you just two verses. They're, they're probably familiar verses, verses but... Uh, There are two verses that God has really used in my life this week. Uh, I read it earlier in my time with the Lord. I I think it was Wednesday or Thursday morning, and just really I felt like it'd be a help tonight. And so Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and verse number 4, we read this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I'm going to read those verses again. I love them. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. As we come to Isaiah 26, we need to remember just a few things. Isaiah, he was the prophet during the reign of four different kings. Uh, Those kings would be Uzziah, Jotham, uh, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And of course, Isaiah covers a ton in the pages that he wrote. Uh, But what we need to know this evening is his writings, they can bring us a lot of encouragement because they're directed to a people who were going to be experiencing coming judgment They were going to be experiencing coming relief and then judgment again. And there's just a lot about judgments and captivities and all of that that's taking place in the book of Isaiah. Of course, much of it is very prophetic, looking towards the future and even towards our future and knowing some of the correlations that take place in those days. But when you come specifically to Isaiah 26, we find ourselves actually in a psalm that's being sung by the children of Israel. It's going to be prophesied. This will be a song that's sung when the children of Israel are going through these challenging times. And you can go back to verse number one, and that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, and they go, he goes on describing the song. But in the song is really these two verses of the song. And those two verses are the, the verses that we just read that will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. I want to give you just a couple of thoughts as we look at these verses tonight. Notice, if you will, first of all, that during challenging times, we must have a trust in God. During challenging times, we must have a trust in God. If you look at the last part of verse 3 and 4, and then verse 4, it says, Because he trusteth in thee, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. The children of Israel, they could sing about trusting in God because they knew God was worth trusting. I love the thought when it says in verse number 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You know what? You and I, we can trust in God because in the Lord, we find everlasting strength. God provides help and strength for every situation. You think about it, nothing ever catches God by surprise. Mm -hmm. And so, because nothing can catch him by surprise, he can provide us exactly what we need in every circumstance that we face. 
He already knows the details of tomorrow, and so in the morning, I can wake up and I can turn my heart to trust in him and know that he's going to provide me exactly what I need for the day. And I'll tell you, our current situation, it's not caught God off, caught guard, excuse me, it has not caught God off guard. He, he knows what's going on. He knew it was going to happen, and he knew exactly what we need during this time, because in him is everlasting strength. And we will find his enabling strength to get through this as we seek him and as we really trust him. And so during these challenging times, we must have a trust in God. But I want you to notice that a trust in God, it's going to give us a focus upon God. Our trust in God is going to give us a focus upon God. Notice the second part of verse 3, we read the phrase, whose mind is stayed on thee. A trust in God is going to give us a focus upon God and a support by God. The The word stayed right there, it means to be propped upon. The thought is that when I am trusting the Lord, I will find that he becomes the one who I'm resting in or propped upon or focused upon. You think about this, but usually when we're facing a trial or an unforeseen situation, we tend to focus upon that specific situation. It consumes our thinking. It controls our actions. It dictates our decisions. We read about it. We talk about it. We think about it. Really, all of our attention of that trial at that time is focused completely upon that specific trial. I know I'm guilty of this. When I face challenges, it controls my thinking. But when I bring my heart back to trust in the Lord, it causes my attention to be put back upon the Lord, to be focused back upon Him. I find myself being reminded, since He is in control, He is where my strength is going to be found. He knows my situation. He knows my answers. He is with me through this. And so my trust in the Lord, it focuses my mind back upon him. My mind becomes stayed on him, propped up by him. And I want you to know that when we trust in the Lord, it just helps us with that focus. You can read right there. When I bring my heart back to trusting the Lord, it causes my attention to be focused back upon him. And that's really what trust does. It causes our heart to be stayed upon him. I want you to notice this this evening that our trust in God, it helps us focus upon God. Yeah, our trust in God, it helps us focus upon God. And what that does is that brings us, thirdly, it brings us a peace from God. A peace from God. Notice that verse 3, it says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. This perfect peace, it means to have a complete internal rest. When we're trusting in the Lord, recognizing that he is in constant control, it helps our mind be stayed upon him or focused upon him, and he provides a peace that can only come from him. A few weeks ago, um, Little Micah and I, with big with Micah Bosworth, we were able to be in Washington, D.C., and, and we were back there, and back there for a few things, and one of the things that we got to do while we were there is go to the Holocaust Museum, and I know you've been there, the Holocaust Museum, and when we were there at the Holocaust Museum, we walked through those halls, and if you've ever been there, I mean, it's just, it's halls of tragedy, and it's, it's heartbreak yeah. written all over every wall. 
And you can't help but experience just so much emotion as you walk through there and recount the stories and the details of, of those gruesome events. And Toward the end of the Holocaust tour, though, you come to a wall, and all across the front and back of it are just hundreds of names of people who helped those who were being persecuted and killed, and people who helped transport or hide maybe some of the Jews that were being persecuted. And as I walked by those walls, I was just reminded of the numbers of stories that I heard about followers of Jesus Christ who helped others and reached out and trusted in God through uncertain circumstances. And I looked up a few quotes of one of those who's probably the most famous for helping during those times, some of the quotes of Corey Ten Boom. And I found a, a few of these to be very helpful. First, Corey Ten Boom, she said this, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength, carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of today or ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And that's what fear does. It causes my mind to lose all peace and strength. But then she said this another time. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And God knows what's going to happen, and so I can trust him. But I want to wrap up her thoughts with this quote. It's this. If you look at the world you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at God, you'll be at rest. This is the thought. If I'm trusting in the Lord, I'll focus upon him. If I'm focusing upon him, it's going to give me peace from him. That's what these verses are saying. God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed, propped up by the Lord. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. Mm. In every situation. For, the, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Man, God produces real peace when we trust him. And it's a trust that causes that focus to be turned upon him. And then I inherit the peace from him. Knowing all of these thoughts, um, <clears throat> I want us to to go into something that will be a little bit different for us, but I think it's going to be a big help. And so I'm going to introduce uh, our guest for the night. Um, of course, uh, he's no stranger to Moses Lake Baptist Church. He is strange, but not a stranger to our church family. And that's my dad. And the reason I'm bringing him in on this thought is because with all of these thoughts about trust, I've watched my dad go through nine years of an incredible trust journey. And I thought that these next few moments are really going through some questions and answers. I think it'll be a help to us. And so, Dad, if you will, um, why don't you just take a minute and kind of recap the last nine years of your life. And, uh, and I know it'll take a few minutes, but do that. And then I've got some questions to ask you. And if you want to, of course, we'll bring in thoughts from our message tonight. But why don't you just tell the folks uh, your story, if you would. Well, it all started back in 2011, and I'll make it as brief as possible. 2011, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
And of course, that's a blood disease and the cancer is all throughout your system. <clears throat> it's after nine days in the hospital that they came up with the uh, diagnosis. And at that time, a uh, doctor came in and told us, my wife and I and uh, my son-in-law were there in the room, and this was in Missouri. And uh, the doctor came in and said, uh, Mr. Fountain, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma stage four, and you only have about two weeks to live. So it was uh, quite a shock at that time for all of us. And uh, at that time, uh, just to be open with you, what went through my mind at that time was my family. I just saw my family in front of my face, visualized them, and was concerned for them. Of course, as a Christian, there's no fear in dying. We know it's just like stepping into a, a greater room, and we look forward to it as Christians in a sense. But uh, we hate leaving those uh, friends and loved ones behind, and that was my first thought at that time. I uh, went ahead and uh, stayed in Missouri because a uh, cancer doctor came in the next day and said, I know what they've told you, but if you're willing to go through heavy doses of chemo, I think I can give you four or five years. I said, sure, let's go for it. And so we stayed there in Missouri where I was, had been visiting. We stayed there and went through the uh, massive doses of chemotherapy. The Hodgkin's lymphoma then went into remission, and uh, we moved back out here to Tacoma, Washington, Lakewood. And there in Lakewood, I got a, another oncologist, another cancer doctor who was watching me. And it came to a point in uh, uh, February of that next year is when I was re-diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma once again came on very fast, very sudden. They said it would do that, it would come on with a vengeance, and it did. And so that doctor told me that he had done everything he could for me, that I only had a short time to live. And he told me uh, that there was nothing else he could do for me. I asked him, I said, well, is there anybody that can help me? He said, well, there's Seattle Cancer Care in Seattle and uh, some of these specialized places. So he, uh, I said, would you contact them? He said, I will, but they've got a waiting list and you'll be dead before they allow you to come up there. I said, well, go ahead and contact them. The very next week they called and had a place for me. So that was the hand of God. And we've seen the hand of God through all of this. And that's an amazing thing. As you go through trials and troubles and struggles, you can, if you watch, you can see God's hand working in it and through it. And so uh, we went up to Seattle Cancer Care and got treatments there. And uh, in 2012 then, uh, July of 2012, I had what's called a stem cell transplant. Your stem cells uh, actually seat themselves in the bone marrow and they produce whatever cells your body needs. And so they gave me the stem cell transplant by pulling my stem cells out after they had given me heavy doses of chemo, get rid of the cancer, when they felt like I was cancer-free, they pulled out my stem cells, and then they gave me enough radiation, enough uh, chemotherapy to actually kill all of my blood cells. And so as my blood cells were dying, I was actually a dying man at that point. And a few days later, they came and put my stem cells back in, which seeded themselves in the bone marrow, began to reproduce themselves into the, it's amazing how God has made our bodies to do this, to the, the cells that you need done and you need rebuilt, and so my new stem cells then began to reproduce those cells, 
And uh, of course, that was a success. It was a tough time, but it was a successful time. And so uh, after a few months, uh, the cancer was gone. And they used the word cure at that time. A few a year earlier, they said there's no cure for Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then at that time, they said, we can use the word cure. And they did. They cured my Hodgkin's lymphoma. So for the next four years, everything was getting back to normal. And of course, I've never been normal, but it's getting back that way. Amen. And um, after the uh, uh, four years, I had another cancer come upon me. And they told me that less than 1% of those who go through the stem cell transplant will get, we'll get a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is large B-cell lymphoma, which I have presently. Now that was uh, the third time then that the cancer came on, but it was a different kind of cancer. And they fought that with a lot of chemo, and uh, of course uh, went through all those things that chemo gives you, including chemo brain, which I still have uh, uh, very evidently. I'm not able to remember things, and words don't come, and names don't come like they used to. But uh, that third time then, they treated me with heavy doses of uh, chemotherapy, and a new, they had some new chemos, and so I volunteered to try the new chemos, and God brought those just right in time, and uh, developed them, and I was used for some of the testing, and it worked very well for me. Then uh, in 2018, that was 2016, in 2018, I was re-diagnosed again with the cancer that had gone into remission, but now it's come back out of remission. And they do say that with this large B-cell cancer, uh, lymphoma cancer, that they're, they don't have a cure yet for it, is what they've been saying. So after the uh, time in 2016, in 2018, it came back. And during that time, they looked at me for what's called a CAR T-cell transplant. But I didn't fit the, all the uh, dynamics of that, and so I wasn't a candidate for that at that time. It was just in the, a new process, and they were going to use me as a test. But I had not gone through some other things, and so they said, well, we've got some other priorities that we might try. So they gave me some new pills, and these pills, I'd take four of them a day. They were large red pills, and it was a testing thing again, along with the chemo I was getting. And uh, it was very interesting in all of this, going through the chemo and stuff. At times they would come in, and they'd be all suited up in hazmat-type gear and so forth. And that's what they did with these pills. They came in with gloves, and they poured out these four pills and said, now here's what we're going to do, and nobody can be around you while you take these. You have to take them in a separate room, and you, have to, you can't use your hands, you can't touch them. But we want you to take them in your body. So it's kind of a scary thing. So, okay. so we went ahead with uh, those who were testing these, and, and that worked for me. And again, went into remission. The cancer went into remission. And then in 2019, of course, it came back again. And so uh, many of the church family knows me here. Uh, we were going through those times uh, here in Moses Lake. And that time we went into a new thing that they have called a CAR T-cell. And it was uh, just brand new. And so in uh, November of this year, I spent three months over in Seattle and had the CAR T-cell transplant. They take your T-cells out. Of course, they give you a lot of chemo first. Take your T-cells out. They sent them to California and uh, modified them genetically modified them 
and put them back in my body uh, here in, in Seattle. And what they do is the T cells are your fighting cells. And they fight any infection and so forth. They're like, they said, it's like your Navy SEALs. And my B cells are like the army. So they modified the T cells to attack the B cells. So actually within my body during that time, and I hope still today, the T cells are killing off the B cells. I can live without B cells. B cells are also a defensive uh, uh, cell, but they can, you can live without those. So the T cells were killing off the cancerous B cells and also the good ones. And so that has put me into a situation where now I, I trust, I hope, I pray that we're cured, use that word again, from the cancer. But it's been an up and down journey all the way through, up and down with good things happening and some tragic times, some hard things, and people that we're going through uh, cancer treatments with uh, dying in the process. And uh, it's been uh, an up and down experience of fear um, and uh, looking at the situation and seeing that you know, things can go either way, but then trusting the Lord through it all. And that's what we're here to talk about is that trust, uh, trusting the Lord through troublous times. And whether it's personal health or financial situations or what we're going through now in America, there has to be at the bottom level, at the foundational level of every Christian, there has to be this intimate trust in God. And so I've experienced that in my life. And basically, Pastor, when I came to that time was during my first cancer season when I was going through that. I had to come to a time where I accepted it as uh, God's perfect will. The Bible says, in everything, give thanks. And so I thank the Lord for giving me the cancer and aiming me in the direction he was aiming me. No matter what was going to take place, I just said, Lord, I'm going to trust you in it. And when I did that, that's when God gave me the peace that you were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. I know I've, <clears throat> I've walked through this, of course, uh, with my dad through all of this with him and my mom and really there's there's a lot of things that has stood out to me about them and uh, through through the last nine and ten years or really almost ten years now mm -hmm. in two months it'll be ten years from the first diagnosis and or well I guess it'll be nine years right. 2011 um, but I, I've watched them and the one thing really well there's a number of things to choose from the one thing that has stood out to me has been their trust in the Lord and, uh, and I think that um, knowing his story, I just want to ask you a few questions that I think will be a help to everyone as we not only go through the circumstances that we're in right now, um, but maybe just different circumstances or situations that people are going through themselves. And so um, we're just going to get in right into these questions. You've heard his story. You know kind of what's happened. And so just got a few questions I'll ask you, let you answer, and I think it'll be a help to us. So uh, first, the first question I have is through your journey, um, you know, the last nine years and really starting in that first year, um, what were some of your fears? And I know you already thought about the family and different things like that, but just kind of outline what were some things that you were fearful of during those, during those years? Well, of course, I mentioned family, and that was my first thought. And then, of course, death itself. You know, death is something that can be fearful. And uh, begin to think about death. And I don't think, uh, I don't believe I'm afraid of death, as I said earlier. Uh, but most people are not afraid of death, but they're afraid of how they might die. You know, are they going to gasp for air? Are they going to have pain in their chest? Are they going to have an accident or whatever? So they worry about, you know, how I might die. And I think it's an interesting, I used that word worry just a moment ago, and I think it's an interesting thought that our King James Bible never uses the word worry. 
It's never in there, but the word trust is in there 134 times. Uh, the Bible does say we're not fret, not to fret, and not to be anxious, which, of course, it contains that thing of worry, but it's always in a negative thing. So I worried about uh, death, worried a little bit about, of course, my family, worried a little bit about money, finances. Where's money going to come from? At that time, I didn't have a job and no retirement. And uh, how am I going to pay for any types of uh, treatments I might get? So that was a concern. Uh, those were some definite worries that were on our mind that we had to turn away from those anxieties and turn toward trusting the Lord and saying, well, if this is the Lord's will, if this is his path for us, then we just need to walk in it and trust him in it. So with, with those fears and some of those things that you, you were worried about, um, <clears throat> I know you, you mentioned a second ago about that first time, and I remember being on the phone with you when you just said, I'm giving God thanks for this, and, and we were astounded by it. You know, I mean, really, you think about it, for somebody to say, I'm on my deathbed and I'm thanking God for it, that's, that's a humbling <clears throat> thought. But during that time, um, facing those fears... The second question then is, is how did your trust in the Lord, how did that help you overcome those fears? And really, I maybe say, what brought you to the place of saying, okay, I know I can trust God in this, and then how did that trust help you overcome each one of those fears? Well, I think, first of all, realizing and uh, exercising the belief that God's in control of everything. If he's in control of everything, if it's if he's allowing me, just like in Job, he didn't bring all that distress upon Job, but he allowed it to happen. And we look at Joseph's life, how that God allowed certain things in his life to happen because he is in control, and that brought me peace, knowing it's up to God. Uh, you actually kind of, in things, times like that, you don't have a choice. You know, there's nothing you can do about it except just kind of float down the river that God has for you. And uh, so realizing he was in control gave us that peace that we talked about. And then uh, thinking about uh, God's power. He's able. He's able to do anything. He's able to remove the cancer. He's able to remove that mountain, whatever that giant might be out there. God is able to overcome that. So realizing he was able, then that not only gave me the, the peace that, that he promises that passes understanding, but it gave me that understanding of his purpose. Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So realizing he had a purpose in it. And so as, uh, as we dealt with those truths, it was able to help us to overcome those fears that, that humanly would have come upon us stronger. This isn't a question that we've already talked about that you'd have, but I want to ask you, because you said uh, it's his purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I know you've seen a lot of blessings through that that have shown you it's his purpose. And I know many people have come to know the Lord and all of that. Just just tell us very quickly, what are some of the blessings? You know, it, that was his purpose. And you having cancer for nine years is God's plan in your life. Mm -hmm. But you embrace that trust and embrace that plan and God has blessed for it. Just list out a quick few of the blessings that you've seen. Okay, first of all, I think one of the main things that, that we noticed is uh, real friendship. Who your real friends are, uh, people who come alongside when you're in trouble and distress. And so that was uh, meaningful. Of course, uh, Christ is a greater friend than anything. 
And so the friendship, and then of course seeing God's provision, how he's provided down through these years. I've been now 10 years basically without, excuse me, without any uh, job or income to speak of, no social security. I shouldn't say no, we get $139 a month social security. And uh, very little income, but God has just taken care of our needs. He's blessed our needs so very well. And then of course, I think uh, talking about uh, his purpose, seeing people saved. God gave us opportunities to witness to people that we've never had opportunity to witness to. And, uh, nurses and people in the hospital, uh, different individuals that we've been able to talk to about the Lord, not only winning people to Christ, but also just ministering, ministering to people, walking alongside the same path that they're walking. And they could see that there was a difference. And, it was recognizable, even though the doctors uh, have told me, and nurses have said, I wish everybody had the attitude you have, the attitude and the joy that we had, even in spite of the difficulties we were facing. Yeah, yeah. so knowing it's his purpose and then just seeing those blessings, I know, I know for me, as the son, it's been just encouraging to, to know that God has a plan and reaffirming yeah. to know his, his, his plan is always working. So let me ask you this third question. Um, and this is kind of more of a practical question. It's what, what does trusting in God through fearful times, what does that look like? You know, we talk about, oh, let's trust in God. Oh, you're going through that. Just trust in the Lord. But what's that look like? Let's put some feet to it, you know. I think, uh, first of all, the peace we talked about. Uh, people can see when you're going through troubled times, if you are troubled, if you're allowing the troubled times and things to get advantage of you, if you have comfort, if you have peace, if you uh, have uh, a sense of control that God is in control, uh, people can see that. Uh, a sense of joy. Um, the Bible talks about joy, and Philippians talks a lot about it. And uh, the, the joy of the Lord, back in Nehemiah, said the joy of the Lord is our strength. And uh, knowing that you have a joy that people can see, um, I think that's uh, one of the things that uh, is very important during that time. So this uh, this question, repeat the question. What, is, what does trusting in God through fearful times, what does it look like? Okay, well, it's peace, and it's a, a peace that passes understanding. People look at you, and they say, well, how are you going through this? You're going through the struggles, but knowing that Christ is there with you, um, I think it's a confidence. You have a confident in the Lord Jesus Christ um, that tells other people, this person has something that I want. They see a difference. And that was stated numerous times through the years where people would come up and talk and we would talk to people and they would wonder how we're getting through this, how we're uh, surviving, how we have joy in times of trouble. So things like that are just outward showings of what God has done on the inside. And I think those things are symptoms that people need to see. Okay, so let me bring it kind of more personal then. That's, that's what other people see. That's what it looks like to other people, that peace or that trust. But what does it look like for me as a believer? So if I'm, uh, you know, I guess that'll bring up this fourth question is I want to trust the Lord. But how can I grow in my trust in God? Like, what does it look like in my life? I, I know that people should see it, but, you know, that's something you, you can't just fake a trust in God. So how do I build that trust? 
and what is, you know, tomorrow's Monday. Yeah. If I'm going to wake up and trust God tomorrow, what is that? What's that mean? Sure. Every day is a new day, and every struggle is a new struggle. And like I said, you know, during this time, you have your ups and downs, and you sometimes think, well, I've got this, and and when you start thinking that, that's when you kind of start going down again, because you have to realize we don't have it; God has it, and so we have to trust Him. And how do we do that? Well, the Bible tells us that uh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we need to get into the Word of God, stay in the Word of God, let God speak to your heart. This Bible that I use today is a, a Bible that I got brand new uh, at the beginning of, uh, um, I think it was my second cancer, and I began going through it as I read through the Bible. I would mark different things in there about how God is a healer, and He would heal me, and so forth. And uh, Psalm 119 talks about that, a verse in there that he's a God that heals us. And I began to see those promises. And so the Word of God gives us uh, uh, the ability to trust him, the faith to step out further. And then I think also of uh, this thing of uh, growing in trust has the idea of looking back. The Bible tells us that the Old Testament and the New Testament are written for our admonition, for our learning. So we look back at the Old Testament and we see those stories how that people trusted God in times of trouble and struggles and God brought them through. They were overcomers even in very difficult times. We look at Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith, and it records for us just very briefly there many of those what we call heroes of the faith that came through hard times and struggles. We think of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and so forth. And so we look at those Bible examples, and that builds our faith. And then I think we also look at our own, our own life. I look back at my life, and I see so many various times in my life where God has helped us and strengthened us and given us direction. And that was one of my worries, too. Which direction do we go? What, you know, what uh, prescriptions do we follow? What doctor's ideas do we follow? And learning to just trust the Lord in it and, and making a decision and Him giving us peace about it and going forward with it. So those things, looking at your past and seeing God has helped in the past, He has always brought you through. And I think all of us can do that. We can look back and we can see some difficult times in our life, but God has brought us through them. And that gives us some faith and trust. It builds our trust in what we're facing even today. Yeah, and I know one thing answering our own question of course we've talked through these questions but one thing that i know you mentioned has helped you before is seeing god's faithfulness in other people's lives yes. and and i know that that's been a, a blessing of you in other people that watching you go through that has helped other people say okay i can trust god in my situation yes. and that's a big encouragement let me ask you this and this may be the final question that we'll ask and then give some closing thoughts but um maybe what are what are some helpful thoughts for for our present situation and trusting God through it. Um, I know that we have a lot of folks that are going through just challenges right now and people, probably not even from Moses Lake, that'll be watching this tonight, that we've been trying to reach out because I know your story will be a big blessing. Um, what are some helpful thoughts about trusting God in our certain, our, our current circumstances right now? Yeah. I actually wrote down a couple of thoughts here. Uh, number one is let's don't worry about things we can't change. You and I and none of us here uh, probably have any control at all over this coronavirus and 
things that are going on, even the uh, suggestions or orders or whatever they might be coming from the president to the governor to area, local areas, we have no control over a lot of that stuff. So we just uh, we can't worry about it and fret about it. Uh, and we can't change it, so just, you know, live with it. And then secondly, I think we need to pay attention to wise people. Pay attention to our leaders. I don't know of the disease, but CDC does. I don't know. Uh, and we have different uh, emotional thoughts. Is this really that pandemic? And is it really that serious? You begin to compare with the flu and stuff. And we have to back off and say, well, these people, we're going to have to trust somebody. So let's trust them and let's just go ahead and uh, uh, listen to what they have to say. And our church leaders as well. Let's listen to what they have to say. And then not only should we listen to them and be careful and cautious about those things, but we need to use this time, as has been mentioned, for looking for opportunities, looking for opportunities to serve others, looking for opportunities to uh, serve the Lord. Uh, how can I uh, serve the Lord better during this time? I know every church during this time is concerned financially. Uh, when people aren't at church, the offerings don't come in, and so... Uh, how can I serve the Lord? Well, we can step up our giving. We can uh, uh, call people. We can get people to look at the websites and things like this. So there's opportunities out there. And then opportunities, of course, to soul win, to witness, to tell others about the Lord. And uh, Jesus said, let your light shine, Matthew 5, 16. Uh, we seem to let people see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, Keep your eye on the Lord. Don't worry about what's going on around us, but let's keep ourselves right with God. Let's stay in the Word of God, stay in prayer, and be faithful to Him in every way we possibly can. And let people see that in us. And then the last thing I had, it just uh, goes along with that, staying faithful. We just need to stay faithful. Stay faithful in our, with our family. Stay faithful with our uh, uh, fellowship with people as we can't maybe see them and shake hands and hug like we normally like to do but we can uh, make some phone calls we can reach out to one another on uh, uh, the website and also uh, through the media we all most of us have cell phones and we text or call that's been an encouragement to me one of the most encouraging things through this nine years has been uh, people who have called us or written us or come by to see us. I had people come by and see me in the hospital that I never would have expected to come see me, and they came and, boy, just uh, lightened up that day. It was just a blessing. And so just stay in the Word of God. Stay witnessing. Amen. Well, I know that all of that, really, it's a big encouragement. I know you said the one thing about staying focused on the Lord. Really, that through any trial we can go through, and that's where I want to kind of wrap all this up and bring it in. Any trial we go through, God is in control. And if we keep that focus on him, it'll help us trust him. And back to our outline in Isaiah, and I know this is, this is all stuff I've watched my dad live, is if I'm trusting the Lord, it'll focus my heart upon him, and it'll give me peace from him. And so I want to encourage you, don't let your circumstances control your thinking. Instead, let the peace of Christ rule your heart because you're trusting in him. The last thing I want to say is this, that if you are out there and you've never put your trust in Jesus for salvation, I want to tell you that the reason my dad can trust the Lord and have peace is because when he was a four or five-year-old little boy, he prayed and received Jesus Christ into his life by receiving the gift that Jesus gave us 
when he died on the cross and rose again. And for every one of us, we will not get to heaven with our good works, baptism, church attendance, anything that we do. The only way we can go to heaven is by receiving the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers us. And so if you're out there and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to encourage you, make that decision today. Mm-hmm. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and to be your Savior. Put your faith in Him, not in you and who you are and what you can do, but in Him and Him alone. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And He is the only way to heaven. You say, well, how can I receive Him? The Bible says that it's confessing with our mouth what we believe in our heart. You can pray and ask Jesus something like this, Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. To be my Savior, I'm putting my faith and trust in you alone. And I ask you to save me. You pray something like that, it's not the prayer that saves you, it's putting your faith in him. And so I want to encourage you to take time to do that. Let's pray, and we'll be done today. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.